outside i'm stephanie march uh this is the weekly dish i'm here you guys with jake larson (laughs) (laughs) that's right you guys the kid the jane baby is back from college and he's uh he's hosting the show because steph is in uh hansen is in she's in wisconsin Mm -hmm. i think she's got a family thing going on so jake you're sitting on the radio it's been a few years but i'm back (laughs) it's been a few years do you remember i think the last time we had you on well, one of the last times that you've done a couple Thanksgiving shows. Yep. And then um, I think the most famous Jake Larson show was the Halloween candy review show. Oh, my God. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> that was important. Um, yeah, well. th- that's important content is what we like to call that content now. Yeah, that's history. That's history. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what you've been up to in the last year? Last year, I've been uh, studying at the University of Puget Sound in Tacoma, Washington. Yes. Um, been uh, That's about 1,300 miles away. Yeah. Um, and uh, been looking into sort of humanities degree, kind okay. of religion area, oh. spirituality. Okay. Very spiritual. You're a spiritual guy. Yeah. That's what I'm figuring out. That's what you're figuring out. You're going to figure out the universe, and when you do... Just tell us. Okay? Yeah, just yeah. let us know. I'll get, I get the answer in about uh, three, three years. Three years. It, it'll be on a slip of paper. Probably someone yeah. is going to hand it to you. Right. You right. might have to wear some robes. Yeah, yeah. Let's just cross our fingers for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just project forward on that. Nothing's um, promised. You nothing to promise here. Okay, so you also have um, uh, you've started a little radio crew of your own, have you not? I have a little bit. I have gotta... a little bit. <laughs> tell us a little bit about that. At our uh, our college radio campus or on campus is um. 90.1 KUPS, K- the sound. The sound. And you, unlike me, I'm just Stephanie March on the radio. You are, you have your own uh, name, don't you? Yeah, depending on the time of day, I go, I have three names. Oh, you I, do? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I, um, uh, for like my alternative show, um, just kind of in the afternoon, I'm DJ Carbs. DJ Carbs. Um, but then, uh, when I'm guest starring on another friend's show, I am The Crust. <laughs> and on any shows that I do past midnight, I am Big Loaf. Okay, Big Love, you do past midnight show, huh? Yeah. No. How's that? Do you got a lot of listeners, you think? No. No. <laughs> well, college but, life, though, you know. Sure, sure. But it, it's just fun. Um, like, yeah, I would do a Sunday from midnight to one um, uh, show that was just physical music. So CDs, records, whatever I could find in the booth. Right. And you did, you did the first term, you did have a bit of a food show. I did. I needed to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So you started where you knew you could start. Tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about what that was like. Yeah, um, so we called it the entree, me and my buddy Mason, who I met through orientation. Yeah, um, uh, yeah we started it um, just dipping our toes into radio. And uh, yeah, every week we'd go to a different restaurant somewhere in Tacoma and um, then talk about it for an hour on the show. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, couldn't last with my bank account, but... <laughs> right, because there's nobody supporting that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's... Well, I mean, that is tough. That is a thing. If you want it, people who want to start podcasts and everything else and, of course. you know, doing this kind of stuff where you have to go out and eat and then talk about it, that takes a bit of... Uh, it takes a bit of support, sustaining support. Mm-hmm. I'm just not mm-hmm. willing to do that for you. <laughs> no, no. 
And good thing. No, I mean, there's pl- we played the room and board. Let's just say that. <laughs> That's just fine. Um, so tell us a little bit about what I kind of want to know, too, is about Tacoma. And, you know, as far as eating around town in Tacoma as a college, because what, what's that like? So um, I'm in Tacoma. I'm located in a spot called the North End. Mm-hmm. Um, so not a little bit, uh, a little bit of a distance from downtown and all that, but we've got the two major streets, uh, within walking distance of the university are, um, six Ave and Proctor. Okay. Um, and so those are each about like about a 15 to 20 minute walk from at least my dorm. Okay. Um, but uh, you can find a variety of decent restaurants there. Um, I think Six Half is going to be a little bit more like you're going to find more bars there. It's going to be a little bit more. Is that like your college town sort of like main yeah, drag? Yeah. Okay. You're going to find some burger shops, some mm-hmm. dispensaries. Oh, right. Because this is Washington, <laughs> Washington State. State. And things are legal there. That's yeah. true. Um, but then uh, over on Proctor, you're. it's a little, I'd say it's a little more Posh, if that's the right word. Proctor is posh. Yeah, I'd say yeah. so. I mean, you've got a few grocery stores, um, what they call the Metropolitan Market, which is just the Kowalski's. Okay. Um, and uh, but uh, uh, like a bunch of little coffee coffee shops, some bakeries and such. So it's okay. They're both both are like pleasant to be on. It's yeah. just uh, different sides of North Tacoma. Okay. And then, do, how often do you get up to Seattle? Because of course, we all know like Seattle is. So brilliant yeah. and wonderful. Yeah, um, the jewel yeah. of Washington State. Um, I'd say I I probably only went only three or four times my uh, entire year. Um, don't have a car; it's kind of hard to get up there. But yeah. um, I, I the bus system is. Um, did you take the bus up to Seattle? I I never did, but I know people who did. Um, it's just like it's a it's a forty minute drive if you're driving your car, and it's about a three hour bus ride. Oof. So, and if, especially if like you're going out late, the buses from Seattle back to Tacoma are scarce. Okay. So that's a little rough. Right. So if you're going to a show, you know, a concert, it's hard to like yeah. get out and then find a way home. Yeah. So you have pretty much rely on your friends who have cars. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so those are mostly people from California. I'm assuming not a lot of like, there's a, there is a fair amount of Minnesota kids at University yeah. of Puget Sound. Is that correct? Yeah, no, it's, I, I'd say the big three are you here, um, and when you're meeting new people, you ask where they're from. Um, you hear the Bay Area, you hear Minnesota, and you hear Colorado. Yeah, those three. Those three. Uh, you've got some spatters from from Washington State or Oregon, but that's definitely the vast majority. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of international kids, or not so many. Um, fair amount. No, uh, not too many, but uh, we do get a lot from Hawaii. Oh. Um, which I mean, a lot. I don't know if I can say a lot, but like I think a good like five to ten percent of the student population. Okay, um, which is more than I can say for a lot of universities. Yeah, that's true. Um, and it is a smaller. It's like a. It's like a small to medium. We're about larger on the small side. Yeah, we're about twenty six hundred. Okay, so it's it's tiny, but it's not um, suffocating. Okay, so now let's just quickly, you know, as far as like being home, like missing being home, like being gone, and you know, across the side, the coast. And then what was the things that, what were the food items that you wanted to eat <laughs> mostly when you came back? Um, I, I mean, call me a sucker, but like I, uh, I craved Culver's and punch pizza, like above <laughs> all. <laughs> Culver's is such a Midwest thing. It's like the In-N-Out Burger of the Midwest, Yeah, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have an In-N-Out Burger up there? Uh, no, no there, I think there's one in Seattle, oh, okay, but right. like not in Tacoma. No, no, there's not 
Tacoma isn't as popping. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Seattle, this is true. It's not a ton. I mean, like, there's, there's some stuff. Downtown's got some stuff. We've got a Tacoma dome. Oh, that's true. Um, you do have a dome. That's where all the concerts go if they're going to Tacoma, which is still rare. But. Still rare, right? <laughs> but you got a few. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but. Um, what else did you miss? Big. And I'm still telling you that we need to go, but I really miss Lion's Tap. <laughs> yeah, we haven't been to Lion's Tap in a long time. In a hot minute. Yeah, so we got to go down there. That's a family tradition. That is. That's like we used to go there for birthdays and all sorts of stuff, so that yeah. sort of feels significant. And like you and your buddies used to, we used to go yeah. for like things. Okay, I like that. This is great. All right, this is going to be a fun show, you guys. We have a lot coming up. We have, um, well, we're going to talk about something that's a little bit terrifying for a lot of people. It's called Malort. And uh, then we're also going to talk about Jake is working at Sandcastle this year. And I kind of want to get his perspective on some things, you know, as far as like being a worker in the restaurant industry right now. So we're going to get his perspective. Uh, We are also going to talk to Tim McKee later in the show. Um, He is going to tell us about his new tapas situation that I got to eat. Good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Very good stuff um, that I got to eat at at Travail. And then we're also going to talk about ramen. Yeah. Because that's the thing that Jake and I like to talk about anyway. So they're coming. It's kind of what we do. So stay tuned, you guys. It's going to be a great show. And uh, we will uh, we'll get at it in a few minutes. So we'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071, brought to you by Maker's Mark. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie March. I'm being joined by Jake Larson in the radio chair. I am here. You are here. I did have to wake you up today. So. Yeah. Yeah, like violently. Violently. I think that the thing is, I don't know if some of you guys have kids back from college. That I mean, I remember that life. I remember like sleeping until, well, I remember like doing stuff until two or three in the morning and then like having to get up for class and stuff. But your sleep schedules just as this as a human for these days are just wonky. It's destroyed. It's destroyed. <laughs> I mean, I would already go to bed at like 3 a.m. on West Coast time. That was the hardest part for you and I trying to find a moment to chat. Yeah. Because you would be like two hours earlier yep. or later earlier earlier yeah and so then it would just it would just kind of wreck everything yeah no it's rough and then i've i mean i've got friends in hawaii imagine that's another that's five hours difference forget it nope oh yeah that's right yeah our friend from uh your high school went to a school in hawaii she can't yeah. even talk to her parents she's Hardly. probably happy about that eh, a little bit <laughs> Um, okay, we, we we do want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the fast some of the workers right now. I was having a discussion with somebody um, who was I was at a new restaurant. I was at a newish restaurant, mm. uh, checking it out with some friends this week, and I won't name it because I just this it's not really about that. But but basically, they were in their second week of you know work and yeah. of being open. It wasn't very busy. They were kind of just like figuring some stuff out. And some of the food I thought was okay. It wasn't great from what I thought it was. But I did notice that they also didn't have a lot of people there. They had the managers were running the place and they're short on staff. I know this is this is the uh this is sort of the the moment of we've talked about this a lot. Yeah. But you currently are you were looking for a summer job and yep. you landed at Sandcastle. Sandcastle. Over by Lake Nokomis. Tell me about what it's like in the kitchen at Sandcastle. Um, it's small. Yeah, it's small. <laughs> Coming from, uh, so my first kitchen job I worked at, um, was grocer's table in Wyzetta. Right. Um, and then, uh, drifted away from that for a little while. And then over winter break, I had, um, a little dishwashing, uh, at Bullshorn. Yep. Um, and Doug Flicker. after meeting Doug, um, talked to him a little bit and now I'm over at Sandcastle, which small, 
hot, but it's on a beach, <laughs> and it's. I, I think it's an enjoyable experience. You're kind of working <laughs> that beach shack life, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a teen dream in a way. Yeah. Or at it, least in movies in the 50s, it sure was. But <laughs> I don't know about now, because it is a little hot. So is it, are you guys fully staffed? Do you feel like you're... Um, it's, it's, uh, it, it feels like it. I mean, it can be a little, it can be pretty busy sometimes, but I can't really imagine how squeezing another person in there... In that small building. ...would really help, um... Because we will usually have one person on fryer, one person on the flat top, and one person working the "quote unquote" salad station. Okay. Um. So, and then if we have another person for expo, that's good. But also, the salad person can usually take over for expo at the same time. So, do you find yourself having? And I mean, you're just really began. You're just fresh yeah. in this gig. You're not, you know, you're not defining what Sandcastle is by any means. Yeah, this is five days in. <laughs> yeah, this is five days in. Just to be clear, and he's not sanctioned to speak about this. So I'm hoping Doug doesn't get mad at you <laughs> or me. But um, but the clear, but to me, it's like, do you feel like everybody there has worked in a kitchen before? Yes. Okay, definitely. so that's good. Yeah, I would think that there's people, especially a place like that would get seasonal people coming back you know again to yeah. say like okay well i can i know you know working at the beach might be a fun thing to do every summer mm-hmm. but i know that there's a lot of places that um are not getting this you know getting people to come in and they're having right. you know a hard time training and and people who maybe have never worked in the industry before are starting to work in the industry and that's right. kind of you know it's it's a it's a learning curve again sure. i think with summer especially because suddenly we go from inside places, we go to with restaurants with indoor, you know, seating, yeah. and then we add the patios, mm-hmm. and that's like a significant thing that restaurants have to prepare for. Um, and so I wonder about that. Do are any of your other friends working in hospitality or service? Um, not now. I think some have in the past, but um, no, <laughs> no, huh? no, no. I um I will say though something uh, about that. Um, we even have some of the front of house people who know like the how to work in the kitchen itself oh they do they're cross-trained yeah so there is a little flexibility with that which is very nice to have (laughs) yeah do you feel like this is a thing that you would do like as a as like you're not a fast food worker because i think Mm. you're alive you know it's i don't know i mean but you are quick serve yeah so and you're on the line you're doing you know you're cooking on the hotline you're you're you had to take over for fry yep yesterday i was um uh, there was a little bit of an accident and I had to go take over for frying. And then I, um, yeah, it was, I have a new found hatred for cheese curds, <laughs> <laughs> which is not normal. No, no, but you've never done that. You've never worked a fryer before. No, you've no. done a lot of like garmanger, which is salad station and you've prepped, Yeah, you've prepped pizzas, you've done charcuterie boards and now you're doing all and, sorts of things. Like yeah. what's the most, what's the biggest item that you prep or that you work, that you cook so far? Um, I'd say probably, I mean, fries. Fries, yeah. <laughs> There's almost, I mean, like yesterday, uh, it's Friday, kids getting out of school, want to go to the beach um, all all day. Like, if there's not fries currently being fried, that's a problem. Right. Like, it needs to be a constant, like, stream. Of French fries. Like a river. Wow. I'm up for that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd be down for French fries. Now that you say that, now I want fries. That's what yeah, happens. that's how it is. That's how it is. Um, do you think that being in the service industry like this, like, is this a thing that you think about like, oh, I can always do this or this is a thing that I never want to do again? It's so it's not something I want to do as a career, okay. but it is something that I do. Like, I enjoy cooking, yeah. you know, I, I enjoy being in the kitchen um, and it's uh, it's a rewarding experience for me. Um, even just learning how to do cheese curds, how to do fish tacos. Um, so I do 
have a good time with it and it is just a good way to make money um because i feel like that skill can serve me wherever i go true true like if you stay let's pretend like you have to take a summer class in tacoma yeah you know and have to stay on campus for a summer you could go work in a restaurant out there of course i mean obviously here you know people because we've known people and stuff so it's easier for you to like kind of get in the in the door with it although everyone's still looking so that's a good thing um, you had, uh, but you have aspirations of learning other sorts of things. Is yes. that correct in the industry? What is it that you kind of want to look into? I mean, I definitely love, um, to learn sushi. That's uh-huh. a big thing. Um, it's a whole beast that I'd really like to tackle. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, I do want, um, I do want to get in like, I guess a finer dining kitchen yeah. at some point. You'd like to learn that stuff. I think that's like the the detailed stuff is what I'm interested in. Um, you ready to handle that sort of yes chef mentality? We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> that is, uh, I don't. I, I guess I don't know if I can handle that pressure. Right. Um, we'll see. It's very exacting and it's very much it brigade is. style, you know. And yeah. So I don't know how you do into that. You know. I, I, time will tell. Time will tell. <laughs> And then you also mentioned that you may want to learn how to do some distilling as well. Right, of course. Yeah, I would very. I definitely am interested in that. Um, of course, I'm not old enough yet, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think you can work there. I, I mean, can, I think yeah. you could, like, you know, haul grain. It's not booze <laughs> at every moment, you know. Yeah. But you definitely could haul grain and like learn learn the process. There's a lot of cool science that goes into it. Yeah, that's true. That's important. And there's there's science and there's art. Mm. <laughs> That would be interesting. Anything yeah. else? Like as far as like, you don't have any designs on like pastry or. No, no, I'm, I'm really not a baker, not a baker. I can tell you that right now. TJ carbs only wants to eat the carbs, yeah. not be a part of the process. Nope. <laughs> okay. Is there any advice you would give to people who are like just starting, who are thinking like kids, like, you know, people who have teenagers and who are thinking like maybe they should go get a industry job. I think it's definitely worth it. I yeah. think even if you aren't getting the most pay or if you are, not like loving the environment or the people i think it's still worth like a few months just give it a season it's good experience to have and you will form connections out of it 100 percent. like i think that's one of the more valuable things you can get in this industry is the connections because it it spans yeah it does and people will back you up and if you do well yeah people want to support you Mm-hmm. All right. Well done there, kid. All right. So there it is. There's the worker essential worker review. We'll be right, we'll be right back. This is uh, Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. Thanks for joining us. It's a little, here's my weather report. It's a little schwitzy outside. Oh, is it? Huh? It's a little schwitzy. Oh, jeez. Oh, creeps and creamy, I tell you. Uh, of course, I'm Stephanie March, and I'm here with Jake Larson today, guys. I'm always here in spirit. You are the giant baby. Although, and actually, you know, we Hanson and I always make a joke about our kids calling us while we're on the radio show, as if we haven't been doing this exact same thing <laughs> every Saturday for the past 15 years. Yeah. But you don't because you're <laughs> two hours earlier, and mm-hmm. it's and like asleep. yeah, it's like 7 a.m. your time. And yeah. when you're at college. So anyway, so we get, we're so uh, happy to have you here and thanks for waking up and coming on the show. Hanson is in um, Wisconsin Ooh. and then I don't, I think she's gone again next weekend for the Stone Arch Festival. So I think we have Elizabeth Reese filling in next weekend. So you're in good company. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. All right, you guys, I want to talk a little bit about something that is um, a strange, a strange thing that has, uh, it's a weird thing because it's a thing you love to hate, really. Yeah, yeah. What am I talking about? I'm talking about Malort. 
Malort. Malort. Um, if you don't know what Malort is, let's just say that, um, let's just start with the fact that <laughs> it's the way that the, the our favorite slogan about it is mm-hmm. Malort, when you have to unfriend someone in person. Mm-hmm. Because I got to tell you, this is one of the jankiest drinks you've ever <laughs> had in your life. Um, Jepson's Malort is uh, kind of renowned in Chicago area, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Um, and it's uh, it's a thing that you are supposed to sip or so, supposed to drink, and it's a lot of people think it tastes like lighter fluid or right. sweat. It smells like scary celery. Yes, it does smell like scary celery. <laughs> There's a lot to say about Malort, but I want to kind of I want to. Here's why I wanted to talk about it because it's coming to town. Mm. Basically, there's a lot of uh, Malort stuff going on. There's some events at Plumbers. Meteor Bar has one. Oh, my. Yeah, I know. There's Malort's people- on tour. <laughs> Malort is on tour, for sure. And I kind of wanted to level set because people react to it very viscerally. People are either mm-hmm. very excited or they're very freaked out. <laughs> and so I kind of want to, I just want to let's talk about what is Malort, right? Do you even know? It's a force to be reckoned with. It is a force to be reckoned with. So let's start off with the fact of there's really only one Malort when we're talking about Malort. And it's spelled M-A-L-O-R-T. Mm-hmm. And it's Jepson's Malort. Jepson's. Jepson's is the way, like, Jepson's Malort is sort of what it's supposed to be by the Carl Jepson Company. is supposed to be the only Malort that is marketed, really. Okay. I think they've trademarked it, but I remember there was another <laughs> bottle, another company that tried to make a Malort. And then sure. they... Posers. They basically made them change the label. They wow. think they sued them. Wow. But let's start. In the mid-1880s, Carl Jepsen comes to Chicago from Sweden. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's in the 1880s. Basically, in 1920, Prohibition begins, right? We know this. Yep. And in the 1920s, Carl Jepsen begins producing his Biskbrinvin, a traditional style of bitters, and sells it as a medicinal product. Ooh. Yeah, that rids its imbibers of stomach worms and other parasites in the body. <laughs> Mm. Jepson skirts federal regulation, given the recurring conclusion by law enforcement that nobody would drink his concoction recreationally. They basically <laughs> said, right, no one's going to have fun with this. This yeah. is horrible. You're okay. You can go ahead and make this during Prohibition. Oh, my. So, 1933, they start the three-star flag of Chicago starts, you know, becomes a thing. Yep. And uh, by 1933, the end of Prohibition, December 5th, Jepson's Malort is first produced. It's actually produced, okay. and it has the three stars, uh, like the three-star flag, which was there in, in the mid-30s. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Carl Jepson, um, uh, so then, by the way, in the 1939, they added a fourth flag, a fourth star to the flag of Chicago, but <laughs> Jepson's is going to keep it three. Okay. In 1945, uh, a guy named George Brode bought the company and uh, shortly before the end of World War II, and he started putting an actual stem of wormwood in the bottle, because Malort means wormwood in Spanish. Oh, okay. Or I mean, hi, not Spanish, Swedish. Wow, that's really <laughs> funny. Um, basically, what we're doing is, is in by 1966, uh, you know, uh, the, um, oh, actually, it's here. It's actually in 1987, in the 80s. Let's just call it in the 80s. This <laughs> distillery in Chicago, which was producing Malort, closes. They're kind of shopping it around. Basically, they've been making it in Florida and Kentucky. This woman, Patricia Gablick, has now, you know, owned the company. And that's it. Like until 2011, when someone uh, named Sam, Sam Meckling, starts to 
talk about Jepson's Malort on Twitter and Facebook <laughs> and making jokes about it on how it's so wonderfully horrible. Mm-hmm. 2011. By 2012, Patricia thinks she's going to maybe sue him. She thinks maybe th- she's offended by all of this <laughs> and she's maybe going to sue him. Instead, she meets him. She likes him. She hires him. Oh, It's a social media love story, you guys. Um, not really love, just fun story. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, by the end of uh, 2016... They secure a long-term source for the strongest, most disgusting flavor of wormwood, and they're in for it. And they basically start distilling it in Chicago again in 2019. Oh, my. And now this is where we are with Malort. The grand return. The grand return to Chicago. (laughs) Now, there are definitely bars in Chicago that you, I mean, we have brothers. You have brothers who live in Chicago and have said that. It's a rite of passage to like. <laughs> there's some dive bars that like Malort is literally the thing that everybody just drinks, Oof. which I don't Oof. understand that because um, I got to tell you, it is. Uh, let's talk about what some of the marketing you've heard the marketing phrases. Oh, of course. Um, how about besides my most famous when you need to unfriend someone in person? Here's here's some of the slogans: Malort, the champagne of pain. That's champagne a good one. Pain. The champagne of pain. Oh. Malort, turning taste buds into taste foes for generations. <laughs> That's pretty good. Malort, the official drink of I'm not getting my security deposit back. <laughs> <laughs> Malort, what soap washes its mouth out with? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Good. You got another one? Uh, yeah. Weeding out Chicago's week since 1934. Oh, that's pretty one. Here's a good one. Okay, and that's I have to paraphrase this one. Yeah. My lord, these pants aren't going to poop themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, my lord is like a thing that you drink a lot of or a little bit of, and then the, it's the idea that wormwood is supposed to be sort of a psychotropic, right? Okay, because, okay. I hadn't heard of what wormwood was before. Right. Okay. So wormwood. Uh, what's the other? What's that other thing that wormwood is? It's absinthe. Oh, remember like how you read about you'd always think like yeah. absinthe was illegal because of it was supposed to make people crazy. Right. That was a lot of surrounding like the wormwood part of it. Interesting. And so people kind of think that wormwood is supposed to be a you know like a a hallucinogen. Hmm. I don't know if it is, but I don't know if distilling it is any good idea either. <laughs> Um, especially for Drake Malort. It's easier than telling people you have nothing to live for. <laughs> I think they should hire me as their slogan like reader. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but here's the deal. Do you think that like your generation, and you know about it because of our family, because we have oh, yeah. tried to force feed you Malort since you were a kid. Yeah. And you are so wise to never take us up on it. Yeah, put up a little, uh, put a blah blockade whenever you your friends would come over. Yeah, because that's sort of the deal. But what about... Do you think that, have you heard about Malort outside of the fam? Uh, no, but um, it is interesting to uh, like tell people about it and have like it, like it, when explaining what it is to someone new, their eyes light up with a curiosity. Well, oh, well now I got to drink it. <laughs> right. But it does, it does smell. <laughs> it's a, ch- it's a challenge. <laughs> someone, uh, comedian John Hodgman once described the tasting as pencil shavings and heartbreak. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even like even even the company itself uh, says it's famously savored by two fisted drinkers. Oof. Yeah, I know. I know. So I'm telling you that it's like it's not actually. And here's the thing. It's not actually made with gasoline, um, you know, but it is. <laughs> kind of causes. So. It's the like, you know, it's kind of a mind bending thing. Um, and so it's kind of really weird. So I just wanted to make sure that you guys knew that it's not horrible, but it's not. Not horrible. No. Yeah. I don't know if anybody is making Malort cocktails. 
I can't imagine what you would make a Malort cocktail. I with. think it overpowers anything you try and put in it. I think so too. You've smelled it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, basically, you guys, I just love also the fact that, you know, this is basically thanks to a loophole. I mean, it was it was like the only <laughs> legal wormwood product sold in America for 96 years. Like absinthe That's a long was run. illegal, but Malort was all the way back from 1912 until 2008 when other word wormwood products were able to come back. That's a long Isn't run. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And it's like in the Midwest, kind of like just hiding out in Chicago bars. Hmm. Kind of gross. Um, but it is, when you really get to it, the Basque Brennivin, you know, the Scandinavian term uh, for liquor, which is distilled from potatoes, grain, or wood. It's a bitter distilled spirit in Swedish. That's really what Basque Brennivin. Okay. So it's Basque. A lot of people call it Basque. Um, and it's just supposed to be sipped to be a digestive. A lot of yeah. really nasty things that we somehow drink recreationally were originally supposed to be sipped as a digestive. Yeah, that sounds about right. Would you sip Malort after a big old meal? <laughs> No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to scorch my tongue. <laughs> um, it sounds like uh, people actually, they did make, uh, oh my gosh, I didn't realize this, you guys. The people who are distilling it in Chicago uh, made Malort branded hand sanitizer during the pandemic. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, I don't know if that's the same thing. They probably just bottled it again. I mean, like it basically. It's probably, it, it's probably just a shot of just a Malort. <laughs> not that much different oh my god just relabeled airplane bottles i know oh here's one ladies i gotta tell you back in the 1960s women that worked in chicago's marsal distillery the original chicago distillers would often pull bottles off the production line and drink them when they had their period cramps yes it once was used you know basically you don't need a heating pad when you can just light your stomach on fire from the inside that's a pretty great that's a that's a reason alone ladies to just sort of you know (laughs) give it a shot it supports uh but yeah this the fan slogans are really the best thing i think when you think about it the authentic taste of social distancing malort oh malort pumpkin spice for sadists I love that. Okay, so um, basically, I also want to just make sure that you guys know that you can find Malort. If now this has triggered your, you know, curiosity, curiosity, you can find it at Meteor Bar. It's going to be at Palmer's. You're going to have to look on their social medias, and you're going to find other Malort drinkers, people who are maybe in it for like the experience. But you're going to find Malort fans, and <laughs> that's the thing is there are people who do make you know Malort cocktails. Um, and that's kind of, I think, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of here for it. I don't know. I would, I would give it the fair shake. Yeah, I, I, yeah. You gotta try it. You gotta try it. <laughs> I know. Oh gosh. Wait a minute. Just breaking news. I think in 2018, CEO and head distiller uh, at of the Jepsons line wanted to put out a quality bourbon whiskey under the Malort brand. <sighs> two, two years later, this product came to fruition. Released on April Fool's Day. Okay, that's thank you. Gosh. Okay. Twenty five dollars for a Malort bourbon. Not going to do it. All right, gang. There you go. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we do have the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. You can ask Jake something, too, if you'd like. (laughs) 651-641-1071. We'll take your calls. We'll take your emails. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. This is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. So if you want to give us a call, 651-641-1071. Or you can uh, buzz me up on at Steph March on the Twitter or send us a little email, and we'll try to answer those as we can. Um, you know, if you want to ask Jake Larson about musical tastes, he's definitely <laughs> the source for me. Uh, you were just saying you saw Glass Animals. 
Yep, saw them in concert in Seattle. Great show. Yeah. Um, and then immediately then I came home for spring break and saw Portugal the Man and Alt J at the Armory. At the Armory. That was a good experience. Amazing show. Is it Amazing good? You the the like the venue, the armory is pretty great, right? Oh, the armory is one of my favorites okay. for sure. <laughs> Who else have you seen there? I can't remember. Um we saw That's true. we saw Beck. Yes. Uh, a few years back, yes. um, and that was an amazing. Uh, we had like the nice little. We had a great view, um, yes. and I don't think there's actually really a bad seat in the armory. Right, like, it's you can enjoy yourself from wherever. So that's I appreciate true. that. There, I think that's great. Um, Mary wanted to know if you were still curating the Boiling Bones playlist. <laughs> that's I, actually my playlist. Yeah, <laughs> but we made it together. We did make it together. This um, is true. But haven't touched it in a while. Do you think it's uh, it's up for a refresh? We might have to refresh. We might have to relaunch something. Yeah. We're talking about the Spotify playlist, you guys, that I created for cooking, mm-hmm. um, which is just full of bangers. That's why we called it <laughs> Boiling Bones. Um, but I think we should do another one. Yeah. No, I, mean, I think it's time for a volume two. I think a volume two. Should we just do Boiling Bones volume two? Or do uh, we need to rename it? We'll test it out. We'll 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 brainstorm some ideas okay so we'll give us two weeks and then we'll get you guys up <laughs> with something new and fun because jake really does have mo- all of the you know music things i don't have the things well thank you although i will say i i i prepped or i um i i gave shout out to yola yesterday on the Lori <laughs> and julia show when i was uh subbing in for uh Lori, who happened to take the <laughs> Yesterday was their 20th anniversary show. Oh like, they've been on the ear for goodness. 20 years, and Lori took it off. <laughs> so I, I mean, I think it was just an accident because oh. things got messed up, and all of a sudden dates, and she scheduled this trip to Seattle. So nonetheless, there I was, filling in for Lori on, <laughs> uh, with Julia on the 20th anniversary show. So That's funny. It was fun, and congratulations to them for being on for 20 years. I mean, that's that's a huge lift. That's crazy. Um all right, so again, 651-641-1071 if you guys want to call in. I did have a, uh, yesterday, Lori or Julia asked me, what was the dish, what would be the signature dish that people thought about that, the, or that I was, I was uh, sort of thought about? Like, what would be the signature dish that I know how to make and that everybody asks me about? Um, I, top of my head is pickle dip. And that's what <laughs> I said, too. So yeah. pickle dip was definitely, I think that's funny that. I like, think a lot of people see it as your magnum opus. Yes, and it's not <laughs> even mine. And like, Lord knows you don't create something like that, you know, just yourself. But also, I realized we went to a Memorial Day party and I just walked in and I, I, I brought bootleg, you know, to the yeah, party yeah. and I didn't even think about it. And someone's like, oh, remember last year when you brought that pickle dip? Did you not bring it this year? And I was like, oh, my God. I totally forgot to bring the pickle dip. Evil. I felt real bad. (laughs) Let's just level set again. Let's just give that recipe out real hot and fast because you guys, it's three things. It's two blocks of cream cheese. Pastrami. Pastrami or corned beef. Right. I get the cheapest stuff like the butt egg little envelopes. Yeah. You know, and I chop that up. You chop that up. You put it with the cream cheese and then you add a drained jar. Of dill relish. Dill relish. And you have to drain that because otherwise it gets kind of soupy. Way soupy. You don't want that. No. And then you all just dump it together and use a hand mixer or a paddle mixer. Yeah, salt, pepper. Salt and pepper. You have become also <laughs> a purveyor of the pickle dip. In, te- in fact, there have been times. Where you don't have time to make it. I do not. it's all up to me. I make a call saying, get the pickle dip going. <laughs> so not that we have like a lot of the ingredients hanging out, but like. No. You prepare a week ahead, maybe. Yeah. So that. You, nobody you, has blocks of cream cheese at their house, do they? 
I hope not. I know. I mean, you know, it's delicious. I mean, sure, but there's better ways. What do you else you what? Like if you think you have to go to like uh, a picnic or whatever, what would you bring? What would you say would you be your thing to bring to a picnic? Yeah. Ooh, um, I say I want to bring. I mean, I do love banana bread like a lot. You do. You've been (laughs) asking me to make banana bread and I haven't done it. Because I I mean, I'm still not I've still not mastered the craft, but I was like. It's something that I feel like is a pretty universal thing. That yeah. I, I don't I don't know if I've met someone who doesn't like banana like bread. Like banana bread. I don't like nuts in my banana bread, though. You don't. Actually, I don't prefer it. I'd still eat it. Yeah. I just don't prefer it. Uh, hey, we do have a caller. Ooh. We have Chris on the line. Chris, are you there? Yes, I am. Oh, good morning. What can we do for you? Good morning. I uh, just kind of came in on the middle of your um, conversation about that terrible drink. Yes. <laughs> and I'm wondering... It sounds like it's similar to something they make in Denmark called Gameldonsk. Oh, my God. I bet it is. Yeah. Are you familiar with that? I am not. But is it is it Gameldonsk? Gamel, like, oh, it's the Danish word for old, so old Dane. Oh, mm-hmm. God. Um, and it's, like, it's bitters. It's just a, a bunch of bitters. Yeah, that's really? that sounds it. And so do you drink that when, <laughs> um, when you're there? Yeah. Yes, I drink it. Well, I you can get it here. It's kind of hard to find because only old Danes drink it. <laughs> um, but they have it, like, when I went to Denmark, there was a little shot glass next to my breakfast uh, setting, and uh, they filled it with gamaldons to start the day. Oh, so, my God. That sounds yeah. pretty great. You know what? I'm going to see if I can find that. Seriously. It's an acquired taste. Um, I know they have it at... Fire leaves, at least some of them, and I know they have it. Is it Morelli's on the east side? Oh, I bet Morelli's would have it, right? Jake, did you find it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're going to give it a shot. We're going to see if we can bring the Danes into this discussion of horror and of this course. thing that, you know, but I kind of love the idea of starting your day. Here's the deal. You start your day with something bitter and horrible like that. It's only going to go up from there. Like it's you gonna, everything's going to be great. <laughs> That's Absolutely. perfect. Thanks for calling, Chris. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's uh what is it? it spell it for me. G A M M E L. Oh, right. Um Gamaldonsk. and then D A N S K. Oh, right. It is. I can see this. Yes, I see it. Oh my gosh. Well, originally produced uh by Arcus Gruppen. Arcus Arcus Gruppen. In Oslo, Norway. Okay. Oh, it looks like it's a total wine, you guys. Oh. I mean, wow, it's a mixture of ratio of the 29 different herbs. Spices and flowers, including angelica, nutmeg, aniseed, ginger, and rowan berries. Mm. That actually sounds delicious. <laughs> well, we'll see. I might get. We should have like a like a. We should have like a horrible tasting bar, mm. like a nightmare of the mouth tasting bar. Uh, I will say though, there's a little side note at the end that says the complete recipe is kept secret. So there must be some. There must be some sort chemical of chemical. There's got to be evil in there. <laughs> there's got to be just like regret. That's what I feel like. Um, okay, I love that. That's going to be extremely interesting. Um, let's talk quickly about graduation parties because we have some graduation parties oh. coming up. You remember yours? Yours yep. was fabulous. Yeah. It was hot and sweaty. Oh my god, so much. Oh, you know what? We don't have time to talk about graduation parties, but no. we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about that in the second hour because we have okay. some stuff to do. All right, you guys, stay tuned. We have more Jake Larson ramen talk coming. We got Tim McKee on the line. We got fun stuff coming up. So stay tuned for more weekly dish here on My Talk 107.1.